What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's your favorite credit hero, Ronnie Francois. Again, there's probably millions, billions of the credit heroes, but of course, I know for a fact that I'm your favorite. Again, welcome to Credit Lab Podcast. And on this episode, the topic is you have complete control of your credit. That's why you have complete control of your credit reports. I mean, just in case you didn't know. So without further ado, go and go ahead and get the show started. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? You watching this live? If you watching the replay, definitely want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Definitely appreciate the support. And if you find value in this content that's on this show, definitely hit the like, share, subscribe. Because uh, again, at the end of the day, you might have an 850, 750 credit score, 800 credit score, but it might be a niece, nephew, next door neighbor, the mailman, a mail lady. Somebody might need this information. So definitely hit the like, share, and subscribe button. Definitely appreciate it. Again, so today's topic is you have complete control of what goes on, what's on your credit report. Now, I know typically, you know, when you talk to creditors and collection companies, they will, they will lie to you. They will say, hey, look, we have to furnish this information to the consumer important agencies, or we have to report this if it's accurate. They're going to tell you stuff like that. But they tell you stuff like that because they know that either A, you don't know your rights as a consumer, or B, you have an idea what your right is, but you just don't know the proper law to use to combat what they're saying. So tonight, it's really going to be about, or this, or this episode right here, really going to kind of dig deep into your rights as a consumer. So um, take out a notepad or pen, or if you're driving, um, <laughs> just go ahead and listen. I don't want you having to kind of write while you're driving. So we're going to cover some of your rights as a consumer because you have complete control of what goes on your credit report. Because I know a long time ago, like I was saying, when I used to talk to creditors, banks, institutions, they, was all, they would always tell me, we have to report everything that's accurate in your credit report. We have to um, submit everything that's, that's on your, we, have to, we have to send everything into a consumer report. That's what they used to tell me. Again, that's because I didn't know no better. But after studying the Fair Credit Report Act, FCRA, which was established in 1970. Um, so if you do want to get some knowledge on some consumer law, you want to get the basics and you just want to start studying, definitely check out the Fair Credit Report Act. Uh, because again, that's something that's been around since 1970. That's probably older than some of the people that's watching this episode or, or listening to this, but yet most of us never heard of it. Or if we heard of it, we never really knew exactly what they do. So again, that's why it's important to, credit, to watch and listen to your credit lab podcast because you're going to give you information like that. So if you look at if you look up the Fair Credit Report Act, um, basically the book, or if you download, it's probably like 150 pages. But in the very very beginning, it will tell you that credit reporting agencies assume the responsibilities in collecting all information. Um, so right there it tells you that they assume it. Um, so if I wake up tomorrow and I'm saying, hey, look, I'm the vice president. I assume that I'm the vice president. You let me go along with it, thinking that I am, then everybody's going to just probably fall suit. So again, 
it tells you right there they assume responsibilities. So there's no difference between Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, and Walmart, or Kmart, or Best Buy, or you know some other really uh, some other stores. But the biggest difference is uh, these three can actually impact your livelihood. So again, when you know your rights, uh, the conversation definitely different because uh, you know information changes changes conversation and conversation changes compensation. I'm gonna say that again with a little bit slow too. That's in the back. Information changes conversation and conversation changes compensation. So that means the compensation piece is you can actually sue uh, the consumer important agencies. You can sue the creditors. You can sue the debt collecting companies for violating your rights. Um, that's right. 15 USC 1681 N civil liability. You can actually sue, again, the creditors, debt collectors, um, consumer important agencies up to $1,000 per violation. So that's very, very important. So not only are you, do you know the information, but you can also apply it and you can also make them pay for violating your right, uh, which is really, really important. So again, so when it comes to your right as a consumer, you have a right to privacy. Nothing on your credit report should be on it unless you want it on it. Um, it's, it's really just that simple. But the thing is, how do you get that information corrected? How do you update that information? How do you dispute those negative items? Because the, the consumer important agencies, they are um, corporately, they're corporately owned corporations. Uh, they're not federal entities. They're not mandated by I mean, they're not they're not under the government. They're pretty much just companies that take your information. Sometimes they take it illegally. Sometimes they just sometimes they might obtain information legally, but most of the time they obtain it illegally. And then what they do is they take that information, they put on your report, and they screw up your whole life because they are expecting you not to know your rights as a consumer. And again, it's not your fault. Because if you think about when you was in school. Uh, you learned about the Pythagorean theorem, photosynthesis, dissect the frog. And some of you folks on here might be a little bit older. You might remember home ec, but nothing about credit, financial literacy. We, we, we wasn't taught none of that stuff. And then sometimes I do wonder, is it a reason why they never taught us that stuff? But I mean, I have my own theory, so I'm not, I'm not going to put it out there. I'm going to let you get some of the theories. But the point is, there's a reason why they didn't teach us none of that stuff. And that's why it's important. Like shows like this, the Credit Lab podcast, educate you on the tools and the knowledge that you need, um, you know, to get certain items off your credit report. One of the easiest things to get off your credit report is hard inquiries. Now, the process can be low. I mean, so it's easy, but there's certain process, there's certain steps you got to take because I need to make sure that's very, very clear. Because when I say the word easy, I don't want you to think, oh, you just send one letter and then it just comes off overnight or magically. And sometimes that's not always the case. Sometimes you might need multiple letters in order to get a negative item off your credit or depend on the method that you use. I had a mutual, I had a friend that called me last week. She said, hey, look, I need to fix my credit. And, you know, and can we can, can we schedule a consultation? And I'm like, all right, cool. So we schedule a consultation. And then I was talking to her because she has saw one of my posts. Basically, I was saying how um, under civil liability, you could actually sue the collection companies, the creditors, Experience TransUnion. And, then she, and then so when we got on the phone, you know, I was telling her about 
I was asking a couple questions. And one of the first things she asked, she said, well, you know, how can I get money for having bad credit? You know, I want, I want to sue these people. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll right, just calm down a little bit. Just relax. You know, let me get some general information first. Because, um, you know, because I guess, you know, her credit wasn't that good and she wanted to get paid, which is cool, which is nothing wrong with that. But what I had to explain to her was um, there's certain steps that you got to take. She was like, I, um, I just need the information how to how to get paid. And I told her, I'm like, you know, 15 U.S.C. 1681, um, 15 U.S.C. 1681, 15 U.S.C. 1681 in civil liability. I told her exactly what was that. But what, what she felt, what she felt realized was just you sending one letter saying, hey, look, you violated my right. Send me a check for $1,000. Uh, it doesn't always work that way. There's certain steps you got to take. First, you got to bring it to the attention that they violated your right. Then you got to give them an opportunity to fix the problem. And then you might go to arbitration. Then you might even have to sue them. So there's certain steps that you got to take. So you, just have to, so you do have to understand. Yes, you can sue them, but there's certain stuff you got to take. You're not going to just send one letter, say, hey, send me a check for $1,000. And then no, it's not going to always happen like that. So that's very, very important. I definitely won't put that out there. So again, so what I was saying is that one one thing that you can actually take off is hard inquiries. So let's just say you go to the dealership and they run your credit five different times and then one of the bank approves you, but the other four didn't. Um, typically, most people would just write a letter with a probably Google or YouTube a template, a uh, 609 letter, and they would send it to the Consumer Foreign Agency Experience Transition Equifax. They would say, hey, you know, this is not mine. I don't recognize it or something to that nature. And then seven out of 10 times, it would come back verified because what happened is Experian will reach out to the creditor. They say, hey, uh, did, did this person give you permission to pull the credit? And of course, the creditor is going to say, yeah, yeah, they gave me permission. Then um, consumer point agency is going to send you back a response. They're going to say, it's verified. So when that happened, the average person be like, all right, cool. I'm going to have to let it sit on my credit for two years. But what if I told you there was another method, though? 15, 15 U.S.C. 1681D, permissible purpose. We could actually write a letter, basically tell them that they violated your right, and they need to, ha- they need to have your written consent in order to pull your credit. They put that, and of course, you put some other stuff in the letter too. Then you send that letter straight to the creditor um, because they don't violate your right. They don't pull your credit. Even though that you know that the dealership might have pulled it, but they but that bank needs your written consent. So, that the, so if they don't have your written consent, then what will happen is they could actually sue them. But even before you even sue them, what they're going to do, they're probably going to respond back saying, hey, look, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, dealership, you know, pull your credit. And then then that's when you send back a second round. You say, look, according to the Fair Credit Reporting Act, you have to have my written consent. So, you know, show me my written consent. Um, so if you're not violating, if you're not violating, if you're not violating my right, it shouldn't be that hard for you to produce that. So, and then at that point, they have a decision to make. They're like, you know, am I going to, Am I going to ignore this letter and send them a $1,000 or am I going to take this off? At that point, you know, they're probably going to do the right thing. They're probably going to take it off. But here's the cool thing is, I mean, so after they take it off, what you do is you take a screenshot of your um, credit report before and take a screenshot after. 
and then you can actually show the before and after. Now you can actually still sue them for thousand dollars for violating your right. So it's like they took it off. You can still sue them because they violated your right by them taking it off. That's an admission of guilt. So that just a uh, freebie right there. If you have hard inquiries that you need to take off your um, credit report, because I know that's something that a lot of people have to deal with. So back to the back to the topic for this evening, you actually control everything that goes on your credit report. And again, most people don't know that, but uh, there's another agency, the Fair Debt Collecting Fair Debt Collecting Practice. Uh, there's another one, Truth and Lending Act. Uh, there's another one called Graham Leach Bailey Act. So all these things are in place to protect you right as a consumer. But of course, if you don't know your rights and these companies and corporations and even the consumer important agencies are going to take advantage of you. So it's not the best, it's not the banks that's supposed to give you this information. You have to actually know it on your own when your rights is being violated. Um, so again, let's just say you go to a car dealership and you get that car, you get that car loan. So now, within 30, 45 days, it's going to actually report on your credit report with this car payment. But let's just say, you know, you don't want that report on your, you don't want that car reporting your credit report. You can actually get that removed because one of the documents they're supposed to go over with you when you sign on the paperwork, like you sign for a mortgage, is some disclosures. And one of the disclosures is supposed to tell you that you have an option to opt out your information getting shared with, with, um, with non-affiliate companies. But nine out of ten times, they're not going to go over that documentation with you because I've got, I don't know, like eight to 12 different cars. Not one time did anybody ever sit down with me tell me that I could opt out having my information shared. So, again, that just goes to show that little stuff like that, all rights, always get violated. But we just don't know it because we don't know our rights. Um, so we about to take commercial break. We can pay some bills, and I'll be right back at you. Hey guys, it's your boy, Alan M. Newman Jr. Um, I am one of the hosts for He Said What, which airs every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You do not want to miss it. We are on YouTube. Make sure you go like and subscribe. Let your friends know about it so you get the alert for every time the show is getting ready to come on. The premise of the show is to have black men and women um, come on where we discuss latest topics um, that are important to the community, trending topics. You never know. It could be about dating, relationships, sex, careers, children. You never know what you're going to get, but it's every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Once again, make sure that you go on YouTube, so you like and subscribe so you can be a part of it. You never know what you're going to get. Looking forward to having you join us and looking forward to having you tune in with us. Have an amazing day. What's going on? What's going on? Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And if you just join us, again, the topic is complete control of your credit reports. If you're watching the replay, listen to the replay, complete credit your credit reports. So before we went on the commercial break, I was telling you about how your non-disclosure information is um, is one of the rights that gets violated when you buy a car. Um, so when you go buy a car, you know, you go over them, you get like 10, 20, 30, 40 pages, you sign left and right, sign left and right. One of the one of the disclosures they're supposed to go over with you is the non-disclosure disclosure. So this is the disclosure that actually gives you the option to opt out well, I then have your information shared with, with, um, with third party, with third party companies. Now, again, I don't. If anybody ever had that information shared with them at the car dealership, um, please definitely um, chime in, put your comment in because I don't think that's ever happened to anybody. 
because again, with me, I've, I don't know, I've gotten a lot of cars and not one time did anybody ever sit down at the table and send all the documentations to say, hey, look, you have the option to opt out your information being shared with third party companies. Um, so again, that's the easy violation right there. So if you don't want that car payment getting reported to your um, consumer reporting agencies, um, you could definitely, yeah, 15 USC 6802, the non-disclosure, you can actually use that to start the process. And of course, you have to remember too, so many times when you send a dispute letter to a creditor, um, the first time you send it in, you might not get the response that you want. But you have to remember, it's the actual person that's actually reading it. Number two, uh, they might not even know the laws that you refer. Or number three, they probably know it, but they just want to jerk your chain a little bit to see if you know what you're talking about. Um, so don't get discouraged if you send that first round of letters and you don't get the result that you want, you don't get the response that you want. They want you to get frustrated. They want you to give up. But once you know you're right, it's kind of hard to give up because now you're like, man, I know they violated my right. That's not right. I can't sleep at night. So again, so that, that non-disclosure 15 USC 6802, that can actually be used for, you know, you buying a car, uh, you're getting a mortgage. You can actually use that. I mean, of course, you have to tweak the wording a little bit, but you can actually use that for any um financial any transaction which refer which you give uh, which you get as a result of getting a loan or what the case might be and typically it's a car or a house or you typically big purchase you actually have the option to opt out um, basically again there's three stuff they must follow first they have to tell you that you know they're going they're going to put you they um you opting in to have your information shared number two they have to let you know before they put on your, before they share your information and number three, they have to let you know that you have the option to opt out. So it's three simple steps they're supposed to cover. And again, no one has ever covered those three steps with me anytime I made like a big purchase. So again, that's just something that you can actually use to um, get the, that car or that mortgage or even a student loan. So you can actually use on those three things, mortgage, car payment, student loan. So you can actually use that to get the, those three items off your credit report. Now, is it gonna be like real easy, overnight type of process? Probably not, but I guarantee you, um, you follow the steps, you, you'll be able to get it off. It's cause they're gonna either have to get it off or else they're gonna have to pay some money. And in some situations they can get off and you can still get that back. So, um, but the whole thing is you have to have that paper trail to show that you attempted to work with them. You attempted to get that, the thing resolved. Because uh, again, that's why when you do send in your dispute letters, you send it on um, certified letter, certified, and if possible, certified return receipt. Not only because you can track it, and then number two, you can actually see who actually signed for the letter that you sent. Um, so again, you know, getting the negative item off your credit report is not difficult, but sometimes it can be tedious, and sometimes it can sometimes it requires a little bit of work. And it also requires some knowledge too. So I would definitely recommend if you do want to learn a little bit about consumer law, the Fair Credit Report Act is somewhere you definitely want to start. And let's just say, you know, you don't know how to download, you don't know how to find it. I have it saved on my computer. So all you got to do is email me or put in the comments, say, hey, I need a copy of that Fair Credit Report Act, and I'll send it to you. I think it's about like 100 page, 100, 130 pages long. I think I'm not sure. But I would definitely send that to you if that's something you want, you know, you're really into something you want to learn. 
Because once you know you're right, it's kind of hard for them to violate your right. So that's so that's another thing too. Once you know you're right, it's hard to get violated. So we're about to jump into the QA. Hope you got some good questions. Um hopefully uh some questions I have answered to you, hopefully, right? <laughs> um so the first question is is it possible to remove student loan from my credit report? Yes, it is, because like I when I mentioned on the 15 USC 6802, you're not the non-disclosure part. They actually have to have your consent to share your information with, with third party, um, without the third party company. So um, yes, you can actually get it off. Um, let's see what the next question is. Is my social security card considered a credit card? Uh, so that's a good question too. So yes, your social security card is considered a credit card under consumer law. Um, I don't remember the law right off the top of my head, but it is considered that, right? So you probably say, okay, so my social security card is considered a um, credit card, but how's that helpful to me? Well, I'm glad you asked, right? So you can actually use you can actually use this to remove collections off your credit report because under 15 USC 16. 81AD2B, 15 USC 1681AD2B. I know it's a lot, right? Um, it actually says Congress, um, okay, so Congress is speaking of any authorized or approval of specific extension of credit um, that are a result of a credit card or similar devices not included on your consumer report. So basically, what that stands like any extensions of credit that you get as a result of you, of you using your social security card is not supposed to be on your credit report. So let's say you get that um, JCPenney credit card, right? And you don't want it to be on your credit report. I mean, according to 15 USC 1681 AD, you can actually get that charge off or that collection or that, or that you can definitely get that charge off more off your credit report. So that's very, very important. So yeah, so, it, so long story short, your, your social security card is considered a credit card and that can actually be used to your advantage to removing credit cards that you do not want your credit reports. Um, let me see what the next question is. Are there any benefits by not having, um, are there any benefits in not having a credit card on your credit report. Um, so um, so actually, no, it was like, yes, it was like, no, because in order to build positive credit, you have to have a certain number of credit cards because you need installments and you need revolving credit. So installments are like, you know, car payments, uh, mortgage, you know, stuff that you're gonna eventually pay off and installments are like, well, credit cards. So, so it really wouldn't be no benefits of that. Um, because if you want your score to get to let's just say you know 650, 700, 750, you're gonna need you're gonna need some credit cards. Um, are there are there other alternatives? Yeah, somebody could put you on as an authorized user. Um, you could but you could use some of the service like you know credit my rent, kickoff, or credit strong. But at the end of the day, if you want to have a strong credit mix, you're gonna need some credit cards. That was definitely a good question. Um, so the fourth question is, what is the best way to keep a perfect payment history? So again, you know, 35% in credit score is your payment history. So the best way to do that is 
set your bill all the payment. That's the best way of doing it. So basically you take the minimum payment, let's just say your minimum payment is like 30 bucks a month. You have your credit card or your bank debit card, set an auto payment for $30 a month. That way you never miss the minimum payment. And then, but you, what you can do is you can always go back and pay more, but it is, you know, for sure that minimum payment is always taken care of. Um, so that's the best way of having a perfect payment history. Um, but see, the only kick about having your bills on auto pay is if there is some type of um, bill discrepancies, because according to the um, that credit for that, you have to um, get your bills at least 20 days before the due date. So if your bill is on auto pay, you know, you want to dispute a late payment, you can't say, you know, look, I didn't get my bill in time. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a double-edged sword almost, but um, having your bills on auto pay, and it would be like the best route, the best method I can think of. So that's the, um, that's, so that would be the best way of doing it. So it says, what are the two most important consumer laws? Um, I would say the two most important ones is um, um, permissible purpose, 15 U.S.C. 1681B. No one cannot pull your credit or your consumer report without your written consent. Um, so if anybody pull your credit report without your written consent, it's actually, actually identity theft. Um, so again, if they don't have your written consent, they can't pull your credit. I mean, if they actually do pull it and they can't provide that written consent, um, you know, then they got to give you that bag. They can actually sue them $1,000 per violation, 15 U.S.C. 1681B. Um, so I guess my second law would be um, sharing share my information, not, share, not sharing my information with, none, with third party companies. So 15 U.S.C. 6802. Basically, again, when it comes like student loan, car payment, possibly even mortgage, um, those, when you sign those documents, one of the documents, just one of the disclosures that's going to go over with you is to share the information. And if you opt out for them not to share your information, then they can't share it. Um, so basically, you know, this is say you go to um, BB&T, I don't know if they still run out of bank, right? And then you sign, uh, or you get a loan for $10,000 to get a car, whatever case might be, right? So BB&T, they can share your information, but it has to be an affiliate company. Um, so Experian, TransUnion, Equifax are not affiliated with no with, with, with no financial institutions out there. A lot of them, they're not, they're not, they're not affiliated with BB&T. So if there was affiliated with them, they could share the information with, with them, but they're not. Um, so there are one or two corporations out there. That's a, there's a lot of um, secondary reporting agencies that's connected to Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, but off the top of my head, I can't think of any banks or institution or any banks that are connected with Equifax, TransUnion, Experian. I'm not saying they're not out there. I'm so off the top of my head, I can't think of so, so that's the clause right there. If that final institution is not affiliated with them, then they cannot share your non-public information. And non-public information is self-explanatory. If it's not something that's in the public eye that everybody can seek and have access to, then they can't share it. Like your social security number, your payment history, your balance, that's non-public information. So they cannot share that information unless you opt in to have that information shared. And then if you do have to opt in into it, you, you still have, they still have to give you the opportunity to opt out. So just so 
So, so that's one thing you can get. So that's one argument that they'll have with you. They'll say, hey, look, we signed this agreement right here and said that we were going to share your information, but your comeback will be, I know that, but you also have to give me an opportunity to opt out. So that's how you get them with that, because they have to give you the opportunity to opt out. Um, it's, they just say they have to give you the opportunity to opt out. So just in case. So that's why it's important to know the law. So those, so those are definitely my two favorite. Permissible purpose and, oh, okay, so I got one more question, okay. Will you write any more books? Um, yes, so I definitely will write more books. Uh, matter of fact, the next book I'm working on is called Haiti. Um, so most people don't even know that Haiti was once one of the richest colonies in the Western Hemisphere. Yes, that's right. Yeah, if you look up Haiti right now, you might not see a whole lot of things popping. I mean, that just that just how it is. But at one time, Haiti was one of the richest colonies in the world. Um, so, so when I write that book, it will actually cover that. And I'm also um, going to have a children's book as um, soon as I find like a good um, teacher to co-author that book with me. So um, I'm not sure if there's going to be like this year or not, but I definitely want to have those books coming out soon. And then also, too, I got a nonprofit coming, too. Okay, cool. Uh, one more question. We got a lot of questions up on here today. <laughs> how do I dispute uh, collection? Com- uh, how do I dispute collection company pursuing me for voluntary repossession when the original debt was right off? Um, so one of the ways you can actually get collection companies is through the original creditor. That's called the 1099C cancellation of debt. So whenever a company write off uh, a debt that's over 600 hours, that's just IRS form that they have to fill out 1099C. So when they fill out that form, I mean, they're taking the loss on that, and then they're supposed to send you a copy of that 1099C. You're supposed to file that with your taxes. So nine out of 10 times, they they did not see that 1099C. Um, so what's the other part? It's a collection company pursuing me for a bond. Uh, so and another thing too, so now you can actually go to the original creditor for uh, for that re, um that actually gave you the money to get that car because under 15 USC um 6802, you did not give them consent to share your non-public information. So see how that they all go hand in hand. You had to give permission to share that information. And then also, too, when it comes to repossession, there's a couple of stuff that they have to follow. Um, for example, like, that they give you the option when they was going to sell your car at the, at the auction, if they notify you, like, the auction date, the place and the time you got the opportunity to buy that car back. So there's a lot of violations right there. So there, you can actually get that off. I mean, of course, it's a process. Um, so I think that's all the questions. Um, I didn't realize, oh, okay, so <laughs> one more, right? Yeah, can someone pull your credit with the intention to file a complaint with, with the court against you without your consent? No, no one cannot pull your credit without your consent. They have to have your written consent. And if they don't, that's identity theft. Uh, basically, just throw your identity. So they have to have your written consent. Um, they're just plain and simple. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that might be oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so that's it on the questions. All right. Because every time I thought I was done, another one popped up. All right, definitely some good questions. Definitely good questions. So next week's topic is two methods to removing negative items off your credit board. Again, there's like multiple ways to scan a cat. You can use the factual dispute, the measure to compliance, by reporting to the credit bureaus, um, reporting to the consumer reporting agencies, a factual dispute. And then the other one is just using consumer law. So we're going to cover two of them next week. 
again, thank you. I definitely appreciate you. This is your first time hopping on here. Definitely appreciate you. You know, hit the like, share, and subscribe. Definitely follow Ronnie. The, um, follow me on Instagram at the Credit Lab Podcast. And then also like, share, and subscribe this episode right here. Again, you might have awesome credit, but might be a niece, nephew, next door neighbor that might need this. And also subscribe to He Say What Finance. Again, definitely appreciate the love and support. Thank you to my producer and the technicians and all the people that's making this stuff happen. Definitely appreciate you. Till the next time.